What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's BMW Championship. I'll take you through the course tier by tier, give you some options, maybe some data to back it all up, but definitely some data to back it all up. Uh, don't fast forward just yet. I have two announcements at the top. One of them I've never said before. So, so here we go. Uh, the Monday after the Tour Championship, it's August 29th. It's about two weeks from now. I'm going to be playing poker. That's right. You've heard that correctly poker on the hustler casino live live stream right if you don't know what this is this is a, a poker game that happens five nights a week at the hustler casino in los angeles and all of it is live stream so you can see everybody's hands and all that fun stuff um it is i imagine it's the largest kind of like poker stream channel that there is on youtube i I don't know that for sure, but I imagine if not, uh, it's quite close. And uh, it's something I've always kind of wanted to do. And with the end of the season, I thought it'd be a nice little reward. So if you want to watch that, that'd be great. Again, it's August 29th. And just for kicks, um, I'm going to sell some of my action. Uh, I'm not a poker expert. I'm going to go there and I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to chop it up. It's going to be a blast. If you want to put 50 or 100 bucks in or whatever amount that you want and be a part of it, have more of a rooting interest, I'll put the link in the description entirely up to you. I'm going to go and have a blast one way or another. Announcement number two, and I've been telling you, telling you guys this for a couple weeks, but uh, I'll be at the BMW championship. So if you guys are going to be at this event that we're going to talk about here in just a second, um, and you want to meet up, I'll, I'll happy to do that. I'll tweet out where I'm at or something like that. Um, definitely be there Friday, definitely be there Saturday. Um, Parts of Thursday and Sunday are still up in the air depending on travel schedules, but uh, definitely be there Friday and Saturday. Looking forward to, to meeting up with you guys. Okay, I think it's time. Let's jump into it. The golf course is Wilmington Country Club. This is not only the first time that Wilmington Country Club has been used on the PGA Tour, but this is literally the first PGA Tour event that has ever taken place in Delaware. How about that? That's kind of that's kind of fun. We're we're uh, creating history here. Uh, they're not going to go back to Wilmington next year. This event's going to go back to Olympia Field. So we'll see uh, what the schedule is for Wilmington Country Club in the future. But when we have brand new courses on the PGA Tour, it, it's kind of difficult to do reconnaissance, right? I don't have the key stats because there's no data to run a regression model off of. I've been able to. Um, you know, boots on the ground, get some reconnaissance from Wilmington Country Club members. That's been very helpful. So if you have emailed me, if you've if you have DM'd back and forth with me, um, thank you for the information. It's very much appreciated. And what you'll note is that there are two courses at Wilmington Country Club. There's the North and the South. The South is the course they're going to play this week. It's not going to be in its traditional routing. In fact, the routing's all over the place. Their number one, two, and three for this week is 10, 13, and 14. Like it, it's just the whole thing is just intertwined differently, but it's it's the South course. And when you look at it on paper, uh, and you realize, okay, this is a par 71, 7,500 yards. You're like, that's kind of that's kind of longish, although we've talked about this a lot where length is not really a difficulty thing for professional golfers, right? Like that doesn't make it hard just because it's long. Aaron Hills was like 8,000 yards, right? Um, and guys are still finding a way to get under par. Um, you'll also note that there are massive greens, 8,100 square feet on average, which has got to be top three or four on the PGA tour, right? And um, thick rough, about four inches. So let, let's, let's talk about this as a whole. So 
remember Caves Valley last year for the BMW Championship? These guys just went out and absolutely shredded that golf course. And there has actually been discussion on the grounds in the leaks in the weeks leading up to this event that they don't really want that again, right? Like we don't want to get to 28 or 30 under par. Um I think this is probably closer to like 22. I think when you look at it on paper, you say, wow, this could be really hard because it's four inch rough, which last week was only two and a half inch rough. So this is thicker than normal, but it's it's bluegrass, which is a bit more predictable type of rough. I still think that you're going to be able to hit a lot of drivers and wedges. The fairways are very wide. So if you are a little bit errant, uh, you'll probably still be in the fairway. If you're a lot errant, that's when you start bringing the rough into play a little bit. So I, I don't think the rough, if you're in it, I think it's going to be a problem um, or at least a little bit of a problem, but I don't think a lot of guys are going to be playing in, out of the rough too consistently just with how wide the fairways are. There's water. It only comes into play on on four different holes. So that's not really a way to boost up the scores or get guys to post big numbers. I think the trickiest part about Wilmington country club is going to be these massive greens, 8,100 square feet on average. They're going to try to play them to a 12 and a half on the stimp, large undulation. And when you go there for the first time, you know, you've got to learn greens, right? You have to learn green surfaces, green complexes. And I think that's going to be one of the things that's most important this week. So obviously keeping it in the fairway, being a little bit longer. Um, if everyone's playing out of the fairway, turning in uh, your second shots is going to be valuable. And then these big old greens, avoid the three putts, um, you know, be able to to get it down in two. I think that's all going to be critical. It's a 71. So you look at this, it's it's the uh it's three par fives, four par threes. That's how we get to the 71. Three of the par threes are over 200 yards, 206, 205, 234, and then the fives are um two of them are over 630 yards, 634, 649, then there's a short one, number 3. That's 582. Again, I just think this is it's so hard to handicap a course. Like if, if I were to go play this course right now, I'd get absolutely shredded, as would the vast majority of, of golfers out there, even some professional golfers. But the tour-level golfers, the top 70 that we have at this event, I still think they're going to find a way to score, right? I think the, the 18 to 22 under par feels kind of right. If things go really well, if they get a little bit of rain, get a little bit softer conditions, maybe you get it to 24 under par. Like I still think they're going to be able to go out there and um, take advantage of this golf course. As far as key stats go, I think distance will be nice. I think uh, a little bit of accuracy, not a ton because of how big the fairways are, but staying out of the rough. Second shot course for sure. And then putting, especially on those larger greens. We can look at some of that stuff in a few minutes. Uh, what else do I have about this? I'm trying to think ton of bunkers, 91 bunkers. We'll go to the cheat sheet. So here we go. Cheat sheet. Everything you see is from my website, rickrungood.com. It is a giant golf database. It is built for fantasy golf. It's built for golf betting. I love it. I believe that you will too. One, two, three, four golfers in the $10,000 range. It is worth noting that Cam Smith withdrew from this event on Monday morning and he was withdrawing as the pricing was coming out. So he was uh in this in this pricing. He was the most expensive golfer. He was $10,700. So already kind of cheap for the most expensive golfer plus he's now gone. So Rory McIlroy, the most expensive golfer at 105 with John Rahm at 103, Justin Thomas at 101 and Will Zalatoris, our most recent winner, first winner at $10,000. Um couple of things to remember. 
On the history side of things, that's tournament history. We've never played here before, so that's BMW history. You can take a little bit from it because it's always the top 70. It's always a playoff event. You can glean a little bit of information from there. The other thing to note is I've made some updates as I'm constantly doing to rickrungood.com. So this is what the normal cheat sheet looks like, but I know that some people don't like this because like Rory's only played three times from the FedEx St. Jude to the, back to the Travelers. If you click global now, um, it'll actually show you everyone's results. It'll just show you by number of weeks. So one week back, two weeks back, three weeks back, etc. And then if you hover, you'll actually be able to see what tournaments those were. And those are global worldwide starts. So let me find somebody who played um, like a European tour event. Here's Seamus Power, who has the Horizon Irish Open in as a set of his results. So I thought I thought this was handy. I thought this was kind of like a a bigger picture of what is actually going on in the world of golf, not just the guys that are playing strictly on on the PGA Tour. So we'll we'll, we'll roll with this version for today and, and see how it goes. Um, Rory McIlroy, John Robb, Justin Thomas, Will Zalatoris. Rory obviously missed the cut last week, was very popular in route to doing that. So what did we see from that missed cut? Because I talk about this all the time, not all missed cuts are created equal. Um, the big, I don't know if this is a concern. You kind of have to decide for yourself. He lost two and a half strokes off the tee. That is the worst uh, driving performance since the 2021 Players' Championship from Rory McIlroy. He is a one of the best drivers, uh, both visually and statistically, on the PGA Tour. And when you play out of position at TPC Southwind, you're like you're going to miss the cut. The rest of it's not that bad, right? He gains one and a half, 1.8 strokes on approach over two rounds. He gained a stroke around the greens, and he lost 1.3 putting in two rounds. That's not entirely unusual. So now you have to decide... Are you willing to forgive Rory McIlroy um, for one miscut where he said he didn't pick up golf clubs for two weeks after the Open Championship uh, and a his pretty historically bad driving performance? I think the answer is probably yes, right? And I know he's played some practice rounds. I know he's gotten some time in in Wilmington because he missed the, the cut in Memphis. He was able to get to Wilmington a little bit earlier. Um, so I know he's been out at Wilmington Country Club uh, getting his reps in. I'm willing to forgive and forget. Like, when's the last time we've gotten two bad Rory starts in a row? I guess this stretch right here, he missed the cut at the players, didn't get out of his group at match play, and missed the cut at the Masters in 2021. That's basically it, right? You don't get multiple bad Rory performances in a row. So I think I'm willing to forgive him there. And at the $10,500 price tag, boy, like, that's, it's, it's, it's even a better deal because Cam Smith is, was in this field. If you don't want Rory, I get it. John Rahm is lurking, right? So did you did you even notice what John Rahm did on the weekend last week? Actually, I'll pull up the um I'll pull up the live leaderboard here. I'm gonna guess, and I don't know this, I've not looked this up. I'm gonna guess John Rahm was one of the best players on the weekend. Let's let's just see what happened. Um, so we'll do rounds three and four, uncheck these, sort by strokes gain total. John Rahm was yeah, the third best player on the weekend. So he, it was two shots. Uh, Wills Altoris was the best on the weekend. He gained 7.8 strokes to the field. Sung J.M. was 6.8. And then Cam Davis, Colin Morikawa, John Rahm were all 5.8. Um, this is what you want to start to see from John Rahm, right? Even when he didn't really have his best stuff for the entirety of the week, he finishes inside the top five. He's trying to peak right now, right at the right time. He's driving it beautifully. The ball striking numbers have always been there. The putter in the short game continues to worry me, but I just know it's going to click at some point, right? I mean, it was only four starts ago, he gained three and a half strokes putting. It was only a start before that, he gained 5.6. Um, how is he on bent? Let's look up his bent grass numbers. 
Tell me they're huge. Yeah, it's his best putting surface. Okay, so I, I'm I'm happy to roll John Rahm out here. Um, uh, Will Zalatoris coming off the win. So <clears throat> how about that win, by the way? Right? How about that big community win for everybody for Will Zalatoris? Um, we're doing a little bit of speculating here because we really don't know if this is a good setup for him. I think we've been really spot on the last three events of whether or not the last three courses, whether or not they were good fits for Will Zalatoris, and we got paid off in a big way for that. Is this a good spot for him? Let's see. Wide fairways, um, but if you miss them, you're in trouble. But the rough is a little bit more predictable, and it might turn into a second shot putting contest. Mm, okay, I, I'm like a six and a half out of ten. I probably don't want to pay the full price for it, so I'm probably between John Rom here in the 10K range or Justin Thomas. Um, Thomas is a little bit more concerning, so maybe it's maybe for me I rank them like this: Rom, Rory, JT, Will. And that's not a knock against any of them. Someone has to be third. Someone has to be fourth. On paper, and I think in theory, a lot of people are going to be very excited for Justin Thomas this week, and as as they absolutely should be. I, I'm a little bit worried about this putter, right? So if you remember, this is like a nine-month saga or a 12-month saga, an 18-month saga that we have with, with Justin Thomas where he has, for the vast majority of his career, tried to out-hit his putter. Right, he has tried to just be good enough with the flat stick and be phenomenal everywhere else. What we saw earlier this spring when he actually switched putters, he switched like that plumber's neck putter is a little bit longer. It like almost overnight solved his putting problems, and you can see he is gaining in like nine out of twelve starts with the flat stick. Now we're we're not really seeing that anymore. Okay, we're in a four event stretch where he has lost strokes with the putter. And in three of them, he's lost at least two and a quarter strokes. That's kind of worrisome for me. Um, you know, two of them were overseas. You could write a pass for that. One of them was at a US Open. You could say, okay, that's tough. But, you know, Brookline and the country club was tough. But like now we're adding up four in a row. And I'm starting to get a little bit worried about this. So I will probably need Justin Thomas to kind of be like a game theory type play. So what I imagine is going to happen on on, on Wednesday during the, the live chat, 3 p.m. Eastern time, Rick Run Good YouTube channel, we'll know more about the projected ownership of these four at the top of the board. And if JT is, for whatever reason, low-owned, I'd be more interested. I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think he's going to catch a lot of steam. Um, I would I would really like... I would probably just like to get to Rom at some point. Okay, the 9K range is super fascinating, right? So um, it's a huge range. Everybody from Patrick Cantlay to Tom Kim, love it. And and all of these guys have been playing well at some point. Look at all the number. Look at all the ones in the recent history here from all these guys. Um, I think what we need to do is we need to look at the three that struggled in their last start, which is Patrick Cantlay, Scotty Scheffler, and Xander Shoffley, and find out why they struggled. Patrick Cantlay was on an unbelievable stretch of golf. He's the defending champion. I know that it is not, it is not the same golf course, but um, he has played well at this event. This is generally a very good time for him. Okay, what do we see from his miscut? Well... He lost strokes off the tee. He lost strokes on approach. He did not putt as well as he has been putting. That is a little bit concerning. Um, to lose in three different areas where you have been on a really good stretch is a little bit concerning. You can write it off as an outlier and he's going to bounce back, but I would say I'm a little bit concerned about that. Um, Scotty Scheffler. Let's look up Scotty Scheffler and what he did last week in route to that missed cut. I'm pretty sure it was all the putter. Yeah, lost 3.8 strokes putting. This is a much better buy spot. Now, I, I admittedly... 
I've been worried about Scotty Scheffler's putter for a while. Uh, I wrote it up in Golf Digest. I'm sure I discussed it here. That part is still worrisome, but he's driving it great. Uh, he didn't hit his approaches all that well, but he's gained in like 10 straight before that. And he loses the vast majority with his putter. So when you are minus one for the week or for two rounds and, and minus four with the putter, I'm generally going to think you're, you're a bounce back candidate. Um, and then, and then Xander is the third guy here who, again, this is kind of concerning. You know, he loses a stroke and a half off the tee, loses 3.7 on approach. That's 5.9 in the negative in the ball striking categories. That is his worst ball striking performance since, wow, the 2018 WGC Bridgestone four years ago, almost to the day, four years ago. So that's a little bit worrisome. So I would expect Scotty to bounce back more often than Cantlay and Xander would. Now, that's just the guys that struggled last week. Um, when you start to look at the real plays here, and I think there's a lot to pull out. You know, Morikawa made a couple of big numbers last week, still finished fifth. The guy went on a run every single day, right? He went on a run, then he gave a couple back. Went on a run, gave a couple back. If he eliminates a couple of sloppy holes, he runs away with this thing. The guys I'm most interested in are probably Tony Finau and Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, Tony Finau, bless his heart, did not complete the, the, the three-peat, okay? Did not go back to back to back. Finished T5. And look at what he did. Um, he was pedestrian off the tee. He gained across the board. He gained 2.7 on approach. The putter has been phenomenal. I would argue Tony did not even have his best stuff last week and still finished T5. And I think that's pretty fair. If you go back and watch, because I think every shot was available via PGA Tour Live or whatever, um, I think you'll see that he did not have his best stuff, especially Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And he still finished T5. That's very, very scary. If you look at the power rankings, he is um, number two over the last 36 rounds behind Rory McIlroy. I bet you if you go more recent, last 20 rounds, everybody in this field, yeah, Tony's number one, right? I mean, I can cherry pick this stuff, but like, let's go last 50. That's like six months worth of data. Last 50, he's number two to Rory McIlroy. Um, who you'll notice is number three on this list is Matt Fitzpatrick, who's my who's my like next favorite guy. And you might not have seen a single shot from Matt Fitzpatrick last week. I don't know how much he was on the coverage. I don't know how much he was on PGA Tour Live. Oh no, he did it again, T5. T5. That is now one, two, three, four, five, six top 10 finishes in his last eight with one of them being the US Open victory. He I'm going to I'm going to look at this. I'm I'll I'll add these up at some point today or tomorrow. The the way that he gains across the board, meaning he gains in all four major strokes gain categories as frequently as he does is incredible. He did it at the FedEx St. Jude. He almost did it at the Open Championship but but missed it by 0.17 strokes on approach. He did it at the Genesis Open. He did it at the US Open. He almost did it at the RBC Canadian. Um, he did it at the PGA Championship. He did it at the Wells Fargo. So he's done it like six out of his last eight starts. That's insane. I bet you there are guys who have won this year who have not gained across the board six times this year. Matt Fitzpatrick has done it like six in his last eight starts. It is not only a very high floor but it is a very high ceiling. And I actually think we're getting to a spot now with Fitzpatrick where no one knows what a good course is for Fitzpatrick. I have no idea. And I think that's a testament to his game because I think they're all really good spots for him. And 
I could not be more thrilled. Like, if you wanted to start a lineup, Finau and, and Fitzpatrick, I, I, I'm okay with that. The uh, last guy in the 9K range, and I could talk about, the, I could do an entire video on the 9K range. It's it's incredible. Uh, that I need to talk about is Sung JM. Are, is anyone noticing how he's been driving the golf ball? Uh, I don't know. What, what, what do we want to use here? Last, let's look at this. So let's sort this by strokes gained off the tee. Last, let's call it uh, 20 rounds. Cam Young, number one, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Sung J.M. tied for number two. How about the last 24 rounds? Cam Young, number one, Scotty Scheffler, Taylor Pendrith, Sung J.M., number four. How about 36 rounds? Can we go back that far for Sung J? Yeah, third. How about, now we'll go shorter, 16 rounds. I bet you, I, I, there it is, number one. I was going to get him to number one eventually. That's a bunch of different time ranges to show you that he is probably the best driver statistically, not saying he's better than John Rahm or Rory McIlroy or whatever, but statistically, recently, Sung J.M. has been the best driver of the golf ball. Um, he has combined that with kind of some volatile approach weeks, which that's fine. Uh, around the green is always a, a net, po- a small positive. And outside of losing 10 strokes putting at the Open Championship, which, listen, the old course got him. Right, the old course got him. He's a very good putter. Uh, let's see how he is on Bermuda, or excuse me, on Bent. He is not as good as Bermuda, but still a gainer, 0.21 per round. So, and he's finished second, second, twelfth. Right, like what, like what, what is keeping, like what would keep people away from 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 Sung JM? He's been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, huge shout to Tom Kim, who was very impressive in like his seventh consecutive week of work to finish 13th. The kid's such, such the real deal. Love everything about him. Um, actually I wanted to look at his strokes game putting. Let's just look at that real quick. While, while we're here, you're here for the information, right? Like, let's just look at it. Yeah, obviously. Okay. So it goes from gaining 12 and a half strokes putting to losing 1.3 and still finds a way to finish T13. Really good sign for Tom Kim backers moving forward, right? If you were investing in stock, we actually had this conversation on the first cup podcast the other night. Like if you could, if you took every, you know, what professional golfers career earnings would you take right now? For, for like starting now for the rest of their career, Morikawa was uh, uh, in the conversation. Um, Zal Torres was in the conversation. Cam Young, Scotty Scheffler. Maybe it's Tom Kim. Tom Kim's got like five years on all those guys. And these are ball striking metrics that are just absolutely absurd. So uh, really, really good stuff there from Tom Kim. Um, before we jump into the eights, what I want to do is I want to look through a couple of like holy grail things here. So let's look at the last four years, go back to 2019, everybody in this field, let's do strokes game putting on bent grass. Cause these are just like your Northeast bent grass, like cut real, cut real short, like beauties. Right. So let's do that. So let's do last four years, bent grass in this field, Lucas Herbert, number one, Christian Bizet, note number two, Denny three, that's Denny McCarthy, uh, Norin Pendrith, Pendrith doesn't have many rounds. John Rahm. Wow. Sixth. McNeely, Putnam, Harmon, Wyndham Clark. I think Wyndham Clark's name is going to come up when we get down to the 6K range. Not a lot of big money players here. So of the guys like over 8K, Rom is the first name to appear. Then you go down a little bit further, you get to Xander and Burns and Victor and Rory and Cam. Okay, so they all pile up there. So Rom is kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the bigger names. But you get a lot of opportunity to buy on some of the cheaper guys, if you like those Bermuda narratives. How about, um, 
Let's get off of uh, bent grass. What else could we do here? We could do par 71s. I don't think that's all that predictive, but um, let's just look for, for kicks. For kicks, Tom Kim, only eight rounds. John Ron, Patrick can't look at no surprise. Um, how about, let's go strength of field. So this is going to be... This is going to be pretty jacked up. Let's just say 600, right? When you get everybody together. So let's get 600 in here. All the courses. Um, Trey Mullinax, only four rounds. That was last week, 1.8. John Rahm, Will Zal, Torres. Okay, this is probably no surprise here. Maybe a little bit of a surprise of how good Matt Fitzpatrick has been in these types of fields. Better than Hideki, better than Finau, better than Victor. Cam Young. Taylor Pendrith, again, these are all small sample sizes, but he shows up a lot. I don't think there's any true surprises here, are there? I don't believe so. They're all priced in the, you know, upper upper nines and ten thousand dollar range. Not 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 a big uh, not a big thing there. There are not as many clear and obvious plays in the eight thousand dollar range as the nine thousand dollar range, which probably means that this is the range that w- kind of wins and loses um, GPPs, right? Because you are. You're going to have a lot of people who live in the tens and the nines and probably go down to the sevens and try to avoid this. And, you know, these guys still have plenty of win equity and upside, and there's a lot of them here. Um, Let's start with Cam Young, because I think that, uh, and I want to see, do I have his ownership from, let's see what his ownership from last week was, because, you know, when you, it's, it's bizarre when you kind of get mixed up into the, um, you know, into the live stuff, like. There is a percentage, like I get the emails all the time. Like there is a percentage of people who are just not going to play these guys. And he's kind of walked that back, but he was 12% owned last week on a golf course that I'm not sure was super, super great for him. Um, Still gained 4.7 strokes off the tee. The only thing that went wrong is he lost five and a half strokes, but he gained nine on nine in the ball striking categories. Is that like the most of anybody? Hold on a second. Last week, wow. Zalatoris gained nine and a half strokes ball striking. Cam Young nine, one and two. The difference, the difference why one of them won and one of them didn't is that they were seven strokes different uh, with the putter. Zal Torres gained two and a half and uh, Cam Young lost five and a half. Wow. Okay. So let's look at this. Is that five and a half? That's got to be his worst putting performance ever, right? He's very, he's a very good putter. It's got to be his worst putting performance ever. It is by a stroke and a half. Um, let's look at him on, he's much worse on bent, but do we have a big enough sample size for that? How many rounds, I mean, how many measured rounds does he even have on bent? Let's look. It's only 16 rounds, but he's lost in four of five. How's that possible? He's a, he's a New York guy. He's a Northeast guy. How could he, how can he be put so poorly on bent? Maybe that's, God, that's so bizarre. I don't understand that. I I would I would be pretty willing to play Cam Young this week, right? I mean, you saw the nine strokes ball striking, um, second in the field, and his worst putting performance ever. I'm, I think I'm okay with that. I think I'm okay with that. Uh, what else do we have in the 8K range? This might be a better spot for Terrell Hatton than Southwind was, right? I mean, it, wider fairways, and he does spray it off the tee, but if he does, maybe he gets a little bit more predictable outcome out of the rough. He's been putting great as of late. Last week was the first week he lost on approach in four, but he only lost 0.18. I, I would, I'd be interested in going back to Hatton because he's been on a good stretch here. So Cam Young, Terrell Hatton, probably my two favorites here. Is there anything on Adam Scott? Mm, I don't particularly love that. He might be okay, but I don't. I don't love that. Matsuyama's just like how how could you play the guy? 
um, at this point. And then what did Shane Lowry do last week? Let's look at Shane Lowry together here. Yeah, lost three in the ball striking categories, which is the first time he's done that. First time he's lost since the CJ Cup. So it's the first time he's lost in the ball striking categories this year and finally putted well. I kind of lump him into the Terrell hat and like you're 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 trying to put the puzzle together, right? With these guys. You're trying to just say, um, hey, I see glimpses here, I see glimpses there. We can can we marry these together for guys that have high upside? I kind of lump them, I kind of lump them together. Um, the sevens. Now, these are gonna have a lot of interesting options. They might not win, they might. We're down to 70, no cut, but um, a lot of interesting options here. There are also a lot of these guys that I'd be interested in, in uh, specifically in the jock market. So when you get to guys like Kurt Kitayama or JT Poston or Brian Harmon, like they're not going to be expensive draft Kings players, and they're probably not going to return you enough to be all that excited about it. But in the jock market, they can. So um, this is stock market DFS. Every single golfer or every single finishing position has a has a guaranteed payout. So when Will Zaltors won last week, he got $25 a share of a payout. Well, he sold on Wednesday for $7.33. Rick, Rick, he was 25 to one though. Shouldn't I have just bet him outright? Sure. But like if you bet Sepp Straka outright, you got nothing in return. If you have him in your portfolio for $2 a share, which is what he sold for last Wednesday, you earned $18 a share because he finished at 20 bucks a share for second place. So um, I get it. It's just a different style. This, you kind of build a portfolio and you can get access to these guys like Brian Harmon is a big winner. Lucas Glover was a big winner. Andrew Putnam, massive winner. Trey Molinax, massive winner, right? Like these guys don't win you money in other places. They win you money in the jock market. So um, use the code Rick, get a hundred dollar deposit match. Um, Joe Idoni and I do a power hour every Wednesday night. Rick run good YouTube channel. Um, from on eight, at eight fifteen PM Eastern time to take you through that bidding phase, and you can get some steals, and you're going to get some more steals this week as well. Okay, now this is where I really like that global view, right? And I can see every, you know, I can see eight straight starts for everybody. It's very easy when you see something like Cameron Davis's run here. Uh, 13th, 14th, 16th, 6th, and 8th in the last five weeks. That goes back to the John Deere and includes last week. It's also easy to see when bad runs kind of stop. Taylor Pendrith, 13th, 13th, 11th, runner-up, 13th, 68th last week. So I, I love the visual of this. What do those two guys have in common, Cam Davis and, and Taylor Pendrith? For the most part, they hit it far and they hit it inaccurately, right? Um, Cam Davis gains nine yards per round to the field, loses five and 5.3% of fairways. Uh, Taylor Pendrith gains 11 yards to the field and a little bit more accurate, actually, only loses 2.1% of fairways to the field. I believe for both of these guys, uh, this week is a better fit than last week was. And Cam Davis still had a great finish last week. But Pendrith, who is a guy that we have very little information on, very little data, I think we've done a really good job of identifying good and bad courses. Actually, not not entirely, but um, he definitely outperformed what I thought he could do at Wyndham. But I think otherwise, we've, we've been pretty good. And he lost six strokes putting last week, which he is capable of doing. But he's generally a much better putter than that. So I, I think this is a, a go back to Taylor Pendrith spot, a go to Cam Davis spot. Davis might be just inside 
the top 70. So you might have a lot of work to do to um, to try to make it to Eastlake. I'd have to check the, the FedEx Cup standings in a second. But off the top of my head, I feel like he was close to the top 70. But those are two guys that just like immediately jump out to me. And I don't even care. It's so it's so nice when you don't even really have to care about course history all that much, right? For some of these guys, like the younger guys who have never played at Wilmington Country Club, or really have never played the BMW Championship, it doesn't even matter because nobody's played in a competitive event at Wilmington Country Club. So it's it's kind of nice that everyone's on on a level playing field. Outside of those guys, JT Poston continues his great run. Right, a top a twentieth place finish last week, which is now three straight top twenty ones. He missed a cut, then he won and finished second. So his last six starts are phenomenal. Five of them inside the top twenty one, three of them inside the top eleven. I I worry this is not one of the greater setups for him, but um he's a very good putter, and and when we get all these large undulating greens, I think that that skill set's going to be very handy, and he's also. Like I, I envision um, JT Poston as like a very short hitter. He's not. Uh, he loses a yard per round to the field. Like it's really nothing, right? Over his last thirty six. So um, I don't always. I always envision him being a lot shorter than he actually is. And in the last thirty six, he's really one of the few guys that that is gaining across the board. And then we we kick in the um, the putting prowess, and that makes that kind of interesting. Six K. Not a ton of guys, is there? Yeah, not bad. Okay, so who's min price? Let's just start there because we've seen a couple of values come out of the min price. So Spawn, boy, I almost got burned on that one, right? I was like, oh, JJ Spawn, this guy, I didn't say he stinks, but I was like, there's no way you could play him. I think I wrote him up in Golf Digest as like a guy to stay away from. He's the 54-hole leader, finishes 42nd. Got got away with that one. Uh, Kurt Kitayama's min priced. Coming off the missed cut, how bad was this missed cut? Because Kitayama's longer than you think he is off the tee, and he's got a lot of upside. And it was pretty bad. Lost four strokes in the ball striking categories. That's, But it's not off-brand, right? I mean, he did the same thing at the U.S. Open, and then he kind of just gets right back to business. Kind of did the same thing at the Valspar. It's, it's not unusual for him to do that, which I guess is good. So I wouldn't mind that. I mean, think about it. You know, who's who's going to be this week's Lucas Glover? Who's going to be this week's Brian Harmon? Who's going to be this week's Sepp Straka? Wasn't Sepp Straka 6,100? Last week, the optimal lineup. Oh boy, you guys are going to love this one. Last week's optimal, let me pull it over. Cost $44,300. The best possible lineup you could have made. 647 points. Will Zalatoris, 9,500. Sepp Straka, 61. Lucas Glover, 63. Brian Harmon, 72. Colin Morikawa, 87. Trey Molinax, $6,500. Three guys priced under 6,500. I don't like... Think that's going to happen again, but there, like, there, there's going to be there's going to be somebody who flies up the board. Who's it going to be? So, um, Kurt Kitayama, I think, is a pretty decent candidate for that. Who else? Andrew Putnam's been really good, right? Let's see how Andrew Putnam has has been doing it because he's got three good finishes in a row. Let's see how he's been doing it. The putter, but the ball. I mean, he's gained ball striking very little, but he's gained ball striking in five straight. Around the green is great, and he's always been a great putter. Again, let's. I bet you he doesn't three putt very often. Oh, I lied. He does. Wow, ninety third on tour in three putt avoidance. Always plays out of the fairway. I don't mind it. I don't mind it for somebody really cheap. Uh, who else do we have? 
I, I, I love Taylor Moore, right? We've talked about that countless times. I don't think I need to go back there, but $6,400 for a really talented young kid who has a ton of upside, who has four top 24s in his last six, five top 31s in his last six. Like that's, that's pretty good. Okay. I mentioned we were probably going to talk about Wyndham Clark. So Wyndham Clark is not safe at all, right? He he's, I was going to say he's likely to miss the cut. He's, he's not going to miss the cut this week, but he could finish dead last. Um, but he's got like this eighth place finish at the Rocket Mortgage. He played well, uh, a 28th place finish last week, which honestly, he almost like that was one bad round. He had three really good rounds. He almost tried to cough it up with the putter on, or excuse me, with, with the uh, on approach. I think it was on Sunday. So he lost like three and a half strokes on approach for the week. I think all of it was on Sunday. Uh, really, really good putter. Unbelievable driver of the ball. I think that's going to be important this week. I, I think those two things, and then be a small positive on approach, and you've got a recipe for Wyndham Clark flying up the leaderboard. That that's kind of the the route that I see him um, that I see him getting there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Grillo. I'll show you the Grillo miscut. It, well, I don't think it was as bad as, um, or it wasn't a miscut. It was a thirty first place finish. Uh, has now gained putting in four straight. He lost a stroke on approach. That's a little bit unheard of for him, but this is still a very good stat profile. I wouldn't mind going back to him. Okay. Let's run a model and see what we can find. Cause I mean, there's obviously a lot of great players. Let's do, um, I'll zoom in for you last. Whoa, not that far. I zoomed in way too far. Hold on a second. Okay. Last 24. Okay. So I get a lot of messages to say, Hey Rick, I put in the same metrics that you did, but I got different golfers. It's because most people don't see me click that toggle button. I click that toggle button to go from dates to, to recent rounds. That's what I do. And I do it very quickly. Uh, and most people miss that. Okay. What are we going to do on a golf course? We don't know anything about. Um, I think we got to kind of stick with the basics a little bit. Let's do. Okay. So off the tee, Let's do 15 on distance, 10 on accuracy. I think distance is going to be slightly more important than accuracy because there's wide fairways, but I don't want you playing out of the rough, but there are live, uh, wide fairways. Now we're going to go with strokes gain approach pretty heavily here. Call it 30. Um, I just think that especially on these big greens, hitting it to the correct side, leaving yourself the, the, the best putt available is important. I don't need to use weighted strokes gained here because a lot of these guys, I mean, we're the last 70 of the PGA tour playoffs. Um, they've all been playing on the PGA tour. I don't, I don't think I need to go with weighted stuff around the green. Probably don't care about putting. I probably do care about now. I could let's split these. Okay. So let's do 10 on strokes gained putting and 10 on putting on Bermuda, uh, Bentgrass. I keep wanting to say Bermuda that leaves us with 25 left. If we don't know anything about this golf course, we could just go birdie or better. We could go fantasy points gained. Um, I probably would just like just go with fantasy points gained, right? I mean, aren't aren't we playing a aren't we playing a fantasy point game? Like, isn't that what I want? I don't care what their finishing position is. I care about their points. So let's go with that, and let's sort this by our number one golfer. And it is well. Let me. Oh, I got to zoom out again. I screwed it up by zooming in too far. Here we go. Oh boy. Tony Finau's number one. Of course he is. He's been like the best player on the planet. Roy McIlroy, number two. Will Zalatoris, number three. No surprises there. The first non-big boy that shows up, Cam Davis. Giddy up, right? Uh, yeah, 
That makes sense. I mean, it is a bit of an echo chamber, right? I I pointed him out because I think that uh, he excels in the stats that I think are going to be important. Then I took the stats that I think are important and I put them in the model and he came out, which like, duh, right? But I, I still like to see it, how he compares to everybody else. Xander is five. Tom Kim is six. What a stud. Taylor Moore, seven. Sam Burns, eight. Scott Scheffler, nine. Taylor Pendrith, 10. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Mito, 11. Fitzpatrick, 12. Poston, 13. Rom, 14. Cantlay, 15. That's fun. I like this. These are my guys here. Okay, I'm cool with that. Um, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, Rick Rungood YouTube channel for the live chat. There'll be a betting preview out on Tuesday. I'll be at the BMW Championship. Looking forward to seeing you. Uh, if you want to invest in me punting some money away on a poker stream, that is available to you. The link is in the description. Should be fun either way. Either way, I just want you to kind of tune in and watch. I think it'd be cool. I don't want to watch it back though because I'm going to see all the mistakes I made. We'll find out. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck this week and I'll talk to you guys soon.